I, uh, I uh, bank so much vacation time. So, and I don't take a lot of time off. So at the end of the year, it's usually, uh, you know, day job gives us a nice week off from December 26th to the new year. Yeah. And then I'll take usually a week before and a week after. Um, so it's, and, and I, and that's, so that's only two weeks time that I'm taking, but mm -hmm. since I don't take any, I think I get up to three for the whole thing. So I'll take some time off at Thanksgiving as well. I remember one of the HR folks was like, I've never seen anyone take off this much time. I'm like, yeah, cause you got people during the year taking off days for this and that for, you know, silly reasons. I'll, I'll, I'll bank mine till the end of the year and just, Yep. You know, have a good month off if I need to. And it feels good when you're off that that amount of time too. Yeah. You really recharge. Yeah. I still I still just do the same thing. It's just I don't draw uh for for you know my day job. I draw for the for pleasure. My, yeah, for my my normal my my stuff that I'm working on, you know. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, not not somebody else telling you what you're supposed to draw. You can draw what you want. He yeah. just sets up a mirror right next to his computer and he just yells at himself. <laughs> he says, what do you give me that whip? face for? I got to go to HR and that's the other mirror on the other side of the computer. Yeah. So you have a problem? This motherfucker. How you guys yeah. doing? Doing Good. well, brother. How are you? Trusted I'm, GM. That's right. That's right. I'm, uh, I'm doing really well. Yeah. Um, you and I had talked a little bit last night just about bullshit and stuff but this is one of those things i think we'll lead ourselves in real quick and then uh we'll just kind of give uh give a talk greetings fellow slingers welcome back to world of heart 20 podcast this is i your trusted gm with me two of my long long brotherhood hard slingers hey yeah. king Khan, the people's yeah. champion talking to you that's right that's right now. i got samwise didier <laughs> and chris weaver with me tonight and we're just basically going to sit down and do a little powwow about uh, the state of the show and where we see it going uh, into the new year of 2023. So we're just going to settle on in, have a couple drinks, and just kind of digress wherever we allow the conversation to go uh, and hope to bring you guys along for the ride with us. So here we are. We're in our newest season, season 11. And I can honestly say, yeah, we made quite a few changes. Uh, every one of them for the better. Obviously, we added an, a new AP, and this is easily discernible by there being a new season. Every season, uh, every new AP is a new season, with the exception of Riders on the Storm seasons one and two, which was the same AP. That was cool. Next, we changed the mechanics we were using from our main show of D&D 5e to Pathfinder 2e which I think is pretty good. What do you guys think about that? I'm stoked. I'm really excited to to run the 2E Pathfinder rule set. Yeah. I've never played Pathfinder, so I'm enjoying it. I love the way that you can move around and all that and be very, I don't know, nimble and flexible with what you want to do. And I love the idea that the warriors can choose to use a thing to throw up their shield. So it's just not this constant plus four armor or whatever it is just hanging around all the time you got to choose one to use it and one not to i love that well, it's the minutia of everything it's the minutia of every single action you take in 2e has it's cause and effect totally 
and you have to be really tactical about how you do things in that rule set. You know, even like, you know, Brian, we talk about, you know, cover when we play this AP. I'm like, hey, what what cover is this? Is less or greater? I yeah, love it. It actually defines yeah. the kind of AC bonus you get too, which is kind of strange. I know that um, when we were in doing Dragon's Demand, we were running 5E, which I don't have to say 2E, 5E. Everybody knows what that is. And uh, I think at one point in the game, during at some point, I was like, I want to scroll this back and actually play in Pathfinder 1E. I want to play this AP in the vein it was designed to be played because the monsters are much more dynamic when you start adding those kinds of things to it. It's You're not trimming off all the 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 beautiful feathers of the peacock you know to get to the meat and potatoes you're actually giving it something more and i think after a few episodes one of the players began to squeeze out tears of entitlement and so that kind of forced me to scroll the ap back to 5e but i think the door had been opened at that point for that individual to continue his foot stomping about the whole bullshit which then led to our final awesome change in this AP and that was bringing the ability for me to shuffle our deck of hard slingers and adding our most recent player Samwise Didier a man who I've known for 38 years Chris whom I've known for 40 years Uh, obviously Sam's a famed artist trusted brother and best friend also and he's also the creator of the logo for the show which I'm very proud of yeah, so, I remember meeting the GM and Weaver when they were in uh, when we were in high school. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was a long days. time ago, fellas. It was a very long, and long, I long time still ago. haven't used advanced algebra. So that stuff is just BS. You don't. <laughs> no, need that's it. not true because I actually found an application for that higher level math. They always said you would use it someday in your life, and I did. When the planet went into planetary quarantine, and I had to teach my daughter that. Because when she was learning via Zoom, there's no doubt in my mind that her her sixth grade teacher was drunk. And at one point she even said, and I heard because the camera was facing the other way, she told her class, you know, that if you don't understand this common core stuff, then just ask your parents how they learned it. <laughs> and I actually turned and looked and I was like, okay. We're yeah, it, and though. I answered back, I didn't. <laughs> Well, there you go then. What are we all sipping on tonight, Ryder? Was that a whiskey sour or something or old-fashioned? Whiskey and soda. Drinking some more of that awesome Woodford. You know, I I blame Junior for getting me hooked on that shit a couple years back, and I haven't looked back. Man, that's good stuff. I'm going foo-foo, and I'm just drinking Irish cream this evening. So whiskey with some cream, laddie. (laughs) Yeah, I just have... uh, leftovers from the fridge so i got a i had a shiner which is a, a texas beer uh company brewed in shiner texas but it's a the holiday cheer so it's all kind of foo-foo with pecans and spices and then now i have a uh, a bud light tall boy like i said i'm doing leftovers tonight so we're just going to be <laughs> mixing like all definitely kinds red of, state bouquet right there yeah man. <laughs> we're going to get some solitary soldiers from all the, all the leftovers that didn't quite uh, get finished with the six pack so it's a it's a motley assortment of heroes like the guardians of the galaxies are you know like just randomness well you know uh the other day 
when I was going through the edit of one of the latest episodes and I, I clipped out that one piece that I thought was really funny and I, I was I made it into a blooper. It'll be on the back end. I sent it to Sam and he was laughing. He's like, yeah, man, I missed that shit when we had the bloopers and stuff on the back end or whatever. It, it made me start realizing what it is that we, we've kind of been missing for a while, uh, especially during Dragon's Man. And, and I almost want to blame it on the Zoom, how we are no longer meeting face-to-face in person in the rage room, but we have to do it digitally. And I think that we miss that proximity. So we really have to strive for that that comedic aspect. But I think that's important, too. I think that's one of the things that I really want to start bringing back in this Please AP. Do. And in this. But the thing about that is, is that um, you got to be able to bounce that kind of stuff off of each other. And I think we all play really well into that. You and I, Sam, we, you know, poor Eric and Tony, whenever we're on a four way call, they just get lambasted by us just ripping these zingers across, you know, and I, I think I kind of written something down that, uh, you know, when, uh, when I'm looking at what we've done, the three of us, we've, we have decades worth of, of playing RPGs and playing together and everything. And junior and I, we have a very similar relationship that you and I, you and I have Sammy, except for it, it was born in a workplace. So it's more of like this galley or, gallows humor probably more would be a better <laughs> definition chris and i you you and i we go back like sammy and that lends itself well to the task at hand and when you add radke to the mix it just seems that um, he and i have very much the same sense of humor and which can be challenging because i gotta watch what i say and his filter is a little little less tight than mine or i don't know maybe i'm feeding into it and so i've got to go through and whoa easy easy radke you know keep myself in check and keep him in check too but I think that really builds into the um, the overall dynamics of what we've got. And I think that's where our comedic vein will come back. Like we had during Carry and Crown, and we have during all of our Delta Greens. Like when you know Radke and Chris went through the Delta Green, that shit was hilarious. The way that it, it reminded me of a, that, that <laughs> show, or that show, that movie, The Hard Way, with James Woods and Matthew J, or Michael J. Fox dating myself from back in the 90s you had this this straight laced detective and you had you know michael j fox remember that's that sammy that show did you ever see that i don't know if i ever saw that the, the hard, hard way, way? the yeah. hard way and they go to get the frog dog and shit like this is a frog dog and anyways it's that's a good a movie show. or a tv show it's a movie oh yeah not i must not have seen that that's how i felt about when chris and radke were playing their their agents that's how I felt. So listeners out there, check out the hard way. James Woods, Michael J. Fox. Awesome, fun movie. One of those. And more importantly, check out the Delta green. Cause that's when you get to see, you know, Weaver and Radke in a different role, the non-fantasy role, right? They're straight up agents. It is true. It is true. Um, I know like when Chris and I, when we've talked in the past, he had mentioned that his favorite, AP that we ran was the Riders on the Storm. And I think you yep. said it was because it had that that high adventure feel to it, coupled with the the comedy and everything else. And Sam, you'd been in on a couple of the episodes of that as our guest player years ago. And that really harkens back to the way we used to play a long time ago, which is really what I want to get back to. And that kind of leads me into what I want to talk about is 
what can we expect from the show in the future? Pain. So, pain. Power. Uh, majesty. Predict. <laughs> predict. Yeah, I mean, well, jumping back to the, the, the blooper stuff, like I was a listener to Roll the Hard 20 podcast well before I was a player in it, right? You know, I joined for maybe two episodes, I think it was, Ryder on our GM. Uh, no, you call the, me Ryder. You know the deal. Yeah, I know. But for the listeners, you know, they don't know the the, the inner, uh, you know, nicknames and stuff. Isn't that right, Sweetie Pie? Sorry, I was talking to Weaver then. You didn't know that, but that's what my name for him is. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but I, I used to love the blooper stuff uh, when I would listen for it. And then I'd see at the end of the episode, it's got a minute or so left. And I'm like, oh, fuck, is that just the outro or is there a blooper at the minute? So I'd, I'd hear it and it's like, greetings, fellow slingers. I'm like, ah, no bloopers, you know. But I'd still listen to it because it's got our trusted GM, you know, spouting mellifluously you know with his uh words and all that stuff but i love the blooper stuff so we gotta gotta bring that stuff back in and the the, <laughs> the blooper stuff coming up i think will be fun because i have a tendency to stay in character even when we're not <laughs> uh role playing and this is a good example of it so I, i'd love to uh encourage all the players to just stay in character and answer as they would because it's just funny as shit hearing trusted gm talk to the characters you know <laughs> out of the com out of combat and all of that and it's like dude will you just tone it down a bit no i ain't gonna tone it down this shit is boring you know <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> just going I crazy think, but that energy though sam that you bring with the i'll call it the always in character it brings a lot of energy to the rest of us it does for me where I was never as good as in character that you are or Brian is, but it helps me like maintain some energy to kind of be there. I mean, you guys are like world-class, you know, when it comes to the energy and the RPG <laughs> and I always aspire to be, that's why, you know, when we were playing dragons, it's good man, to have I, dreams, man. <laughs> that's why I tried kind of that voice when, when, um, I had Tommy. You know, I, I kind of tried that. The dude, best, the man. Padre was, he was was awesome. He was honestly your best character. I'm sorry, yeah. but he was fucking hilarious. He got that voice. Oh, well, I gotta <laughs> fucking go soak my teeth tonight. I don't have time to kill something. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah, but I haven't figured out. I I never really figured out how I should sound as a gnome for this Pathfinder AP. It's like I want to, but I haven't really like figured out what it is. You know, and sometimes it's not even a particular tone. It may be an attitude or an inflection yeah. on words or, or something like that. But it takes time too to yeah. cultivate a character. Khan it does. Is still, Khan has gone from being this young street, you know, tough to trying to be a little bit more like, all right, you want me to call the shots? Here we go. This is what we're gonna do. No one listens still, but to, yeah. to go into the, <laughs> I ain't getting on no plane. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I ain't flying, Hannibal. Yeah, in case you, uh, the listeners, haven't known, Khan is like a basically a combination between uh, uh, Kung Fu and uh, what's his name, Kwai Chen Kane, and uh, Clubber Lang from Rocky Three. You know, just a tough, <laughs> badass dude that has basically lived on his his own. You know, as a as a kid growing up, and he's he's ba you know he's maybe late teens, early twenties, but you know, he tries to carry himself like he's bigger than anything else. And he's surrounded by this group of older, much more wiser people. And he's still trying to like, you know, prove himself and, 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 and all that, but he tends to get more in trouble than anything else. 
Or gets us in trouble. Well, <laughs> I love, I'm else. not the one jumping onto roofs wearing plate mail, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love yeah. the, the depiction of, of what you're bringing to the table, though. And I think everybody else that's listening does as well, in, in all the characters. And I can honestly say that since we started up this AP, we've seen a lot more looser reins, more people getting into character, not afraid to, to use their voices or the, the first person aspect, which is awesome. Well, that's quite the mustache you have there, Mr. Khan. Right. Burly. Uh, <laughs> it's thick. And that's that's really what I, I want out of this AP. And, you know, as we begin to look forward to the to the future of what we want to do on the show, we'll address book two after the conclusion of book one and see if that's something that we want to continue carrying the torch for. I mean, who knows? Maybe we want to try a different AP. Uh, there's still a lot of Pathfinder 1E adventure paths that are out there that I would like to run. I know they're all six books each, but I mean, we don't have to go through all six. We could always do book one of something or book one of something else and then come back and hit book two of a previous one or just kind of kind of rotate some of this stuff through. You know, whether we want to uh, convert them from 1E to 2E, which, or even 5E for that matter, which lends itself really well to a faster paced uh, combat or even the structure of what they do. You know, I would also like to see us maybe cut some teeth on the sci-fi genre, either in the vein of Starfinder or Traveler. Uh, hell, they're, they're, they even have an alien RPG out there. You know, so you got the space marines and shit. And, boop, boop, boop. Check Dude, those fucking be. corners, man. Check those corners. I mean, that kind of oh. shit just, just screams at fertile ground that I don't think a lot of other shows have really touched base on. You know, I know there's several Pathfinder, or I'm sorry, Starfinder shows out there, so I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about like Traveler or even Alien RPG. I think that kind of shit really goes without saying, and I, I know I touched base with that on Sam, and he's he's down for that kind of sci-fi aspect too, so. Yeah. Alien would be badass. Yeah, I get the fucking pulse rifles and, and everything else and the flamethrowers, so that might be somewhere where we'll go. I know I like a lot of the uh, what I've read about Traveler. I think that their character creation is really simplistic and, and but good. I think it's well-rounded. I think a lot of its universe is well-rounded, but I, it might also be because it's been around for so many years. You yeah. Know? The great so. thing about it, too, is it's. <clears throat> I use this in terms of when I create art or when we're doing things for... Uh, you know, we we just want to be do all this stuff, and it's like, well, not which one, it's which one first, right? We're gonna do them all. Yes. You know, we're gonna be those. What, what was that old joke from the the bulls going down to the yeah. fucking cow field? It's so like we're gonna fuck them all, but which one we're gonna fuck first? You know? Um, no, we'll go, we're not gonna run down there. We're gonna uh, walk down. walk down there. Yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna walk. Yeah. And see, I would still run, and then I would fuck them, and it's like now you get sloppy seconds. <laughs> Sorry, let's try to keep this PG, you know what I mean? I always I wish. click the explicit content button all the time, man. <laughs> Is this made for kids? No. <laughs> I will tell you what What I wish we had is we had more time together. That's what I wish. I wish we could play more than once a week, but but we all have or real longer. life. Well, you or, and I were longer. just talking before we clicked record and Sammy had jumped on, but uh, we were talking about the when we tried to record more than one session and as the gm i gotta 
I got to watch what I do with that because depending on how fast you get through the first hour, I have to meter out how much of the AP I need to know, which I guess theoretically I should have read the whole thing, but there's times that I like to add my own aspects to the AP. And anybody that owns Bloodlords will already know where I've touched base and made my own fingerprints on it. So, Reva. <laughs> he's the star of the show so far. I love that character. Yeah, you like him a lot. Just so the yeah. listeners know, he's not in the AP. So, I think that's the great thing about it too is like I I would love to hear some other podcast do this as well and not just hear the same story, you know. Uh, the, the only thing that's different is the characters. It's like I like when the DMs, the GMs, the creators and they they make all these all their own stuff they make it their own you know that's the cool thing about it you know it's not like just some cut and paste cookie cutter kind of thing where it's like oh now they're gonna go up against this and okay i know how that turns out like nah i love seeing the the new stuff in there the, the things that the gm adds to it that's that's the flavor that's the icing that's the hot sauce well i know like ratke had picked up dragon's demand as we were going through it but he wouldn't read through it which which is good you shouldn't do that you shouldn't look at the test results um but I know everybody wanted to see Heinrich and how he relayed to everybody else. But he wasn't in the AP. He was just designed to be a butler who kind of got elevated when Stabby did something that he wasn't supposed to. Or, well, he, he didn't have to do whatever. He could do whatever he wanted to. But there was a price to be paid for that. He flexed and that, hard, and then he got a big muscle cramp. <laughs> <laughs> he pulled a muscle. Um, yeah. It was one it, of the greatest characters, dude. Yeah. I fucking loved that idea of this. Spoilers, if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. You got 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Okay, now we're going to spoil it. He was this older dude who was a butler. But in in reality, he was this sort of, you know, rogue or thief, you know, sorcerer. Like he was just this lethal old dude, you know. So I just thought that was one of the coolest kind of characters. Like it's just a great... You know, you hadn't uh, you hadn't really seen something like that, you know, it, or at least I haven't. I thought that was one of the coolest characters in the world. So when I got to play him, I was like really into that. And it's like now I want to make that a character in one of my other stories that I can do. So I have to change it enough so the GM won't sue me. <laughs> He's an open open licensed character, um, but he All was right. designed as somebody who helped the Baroness stay in her position. He was like her, her cleaner, basically. So anybody that was in opposition to her position was no longer a problem. And that's <laughs> when Stubby became a problem. That was something that he was like, you know, should I take care of this? Listen to the AP. It's, it's really good. I enjoyed it. I love um, that. It's like, Baroness, should I do something here? <laughs> I love that. How you did that. No, it's awesome. But I love every one of our characters in this this AP. I think um, I took my glasses off, but I got to kind of take a peek at this. Uh, when we think about the other APs or other s systems that we want to run, I think that for me personally, uh, out of all the possibilities that we have, what I would really like to do uh, for the next season is to run another Delta Green that expands beyond like three to five episodes. I'm talking about spanning a full season of like 12 episodes or something, something much more larger that moves from state to state or, or country to country and has 
broader sweeping uh, repercussions. Like you get the the smaller MacGuffin, which leads to something greater, which leads to a, a, an overarching conspiracy of some other type that you know the agents are kind of going through. You know, something where you you really feel that there's a monumental weight, not just that you you've run the sprint and you succeeded at the end or you died possibly, um, but something where you ran the marathon. And well, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's something that maybe it doesn't happen all the time, but a larger episode kind of span would be good. Like one of the things I love about Delta green is, you know, the magic behind the microphone listeners. If you don't know, sometimes we'll sit there for five or six hours and do every single episode but it's great being able to play that in one setting because you could really stay in character and focus. And I love that they're small enough where, you know, you can jump in and listen to the whole thing, you know, in, in a few hours and you're done, you get the whole story. But what is missing is that, like you said, Ryder, that grander theme of threat that, you know, you know, ever encroaching kind of insurmountable sort of thing, because right now the Delta Greens are like just cool comic book episodes but having like something one-offs. that's more yeah, yeah more graphic novel in length um i think would be good to add to that you know if they were all the one-offs maybe it's not as cool but it's entertaining but if there were all these big grand things you know we would may not be able to have that that i don't know kind of that that level of just engagement you know because it's like oh i gotta listen to 30 episodes on this Jeez, you know yeah, and that gets tiring, especially if it's the same agents. So it'd almost be kind of cool to sit down to, you know, two, three, four hour session like we usually do and then break and then have the agents move someplace else where one of the agents may um, uh, hook up with one of the other agents that I we can't ran. wait for that, you know, dude. Something like that. I need you to get your I need you to get your ass over to New Orleans and pick up <laughs> Agent Rice and then you guys are going to rendezvous at you know you just totally yeah. move him up into canada or something like that so the two of you are up there you guys can't use any of your your credentials they're worthless up there they're a bunch yeah, of rice, fucking maple drinking eat, right? leader, leaf eaters yeah rice is my character i love Cold that water I... and in kimura and odessa and ramirez like i can't wait for we're, we're all in one episode together the crossover yeah. the crossover would be really cool to tie all of those like you say, those those comic book type um, uh, episodes that have now become a feature film. Yeah, yeah where they're running in tandem, and then suddenly, yeah. you know, Superman and Batman get together, and you know, for the next three issues, and everything kind of ties in together. And that's the kind of thing that I want to see us do on a grander scale. You know, like if you wanted to listen to say episodes seven through twelve of Agent you know, Salt and, and Agent Kimura when they're in like Oregon chasing down some kind of a MacGuffin or whatever. And that spans for five episodes and then it leads into the next thing. You didn't have to listen to episodes one through six of say Odessa and uh, Coldwell doing whatever they're doing. You know, you're, the torch is getting passed off or, or parlayed to the next individuals and stuff so that everything's still grander and sweeping through that and that's what i want to do that's what i want to do for maybe season 12 or 13. So. it might be interesting I, I think it'd be a challenge for you as a handler because you've got some big personalities bringing if you brought all four of the 
you know, the behind the mic guys that are playing Delta Green together, you got some big personalities there. And that could pose some significant challenge for you as a handler to keep us on track through well, a feature length film. Yeah, and it so would be it'd almost be like when the Avengers put together their their Avengers movie, like at the end of Thor, Captain America and Iron yeah. Man, then they get them all together. But I think you and I had discussed that and this is my own personal opinion. And but most of the, the published adventures or even the ones that I put together, they're not really designed for anything more than two to three agents at the most. Yeah. So to get four agents involved would have to be greater. You would see that the that the spotlight on one or two agents would dim during certain episodes because it's not about rolling for initiative and all four of you are standing behind cover or whatever, stand out in the open firing your machine guns and shit because literally one bullet can kill you. I think, uh, what was it, Junior almost went down in deep or deep waters because somebody got shot and he took like eight points of damage and he only had nine hit points. It's like, fuck. It's it's that lethal of a of a system. So, yeah, which might be its yeah. only detriment. But well, that one the uh, the what was sins of the father, where basically. Agent Kimura was carrying out Agent Odessa or vice versa. We had like one and two hit points each. Ichi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like we were like, you know, trying to pass through security and, you know, it was, it's pretty, pretty dangerous. I just envisioned these clinical white corridors with walls and stuff and just this spatter of blood everywhere. Kind of like uh, if you move to the side, Sammy. And you see the logo that's all white with just this, just this yeah. meatball stain on the wall. Bloody like, red triangle. Yeah, it's just freaking everywhere. And that's what I envisioned. I think you guys managed to take out the last guard. But you guys were fucking hurting. And I look back on the rules and I think, honestly, once you guys get to a certain point, you actually become uh, incapacitated. So, but I don't like you- the those kind of rules. I like to, to bend those because I think you should be fighting right up to the end. If your adrenaline's pumping, you're going to go till you're out. So, yeah. Yeah. I always looked at hit points. It's not necessarily like I'm down to one hit point. I'm almost dead. It's like, no, no, you're, you're the, the hit point spectrum is basically like, this is what the damage is that you can take. And some damage is more, some is less, but if you still have one hit point, your guy's still up and fighting. You know, it's just like the next hit's going to knock you down, just like a boxer. You know, he's wobbling around and all that, but he's still deadly. He can throw a haymaker and knock you out, but zero is when you're out. But one, you he just needs to hit you, but if he can't hit you, you're still doing fine. And I think that's the, the biggest thing with fantasy RPGs is that you could just chug a healing potion and, ooh, I feel much, I feel 12 points better, you know, something like that. <laughs> But like in, Red Bull. It, yeah, in, in Delta <laughs> Green, there is no magic healing potion. Whatever you are at at those those hit points, those metrics of your of your life, that's what you're going you're continue through with unless you try to sleep and then you might get a point back. Um, depending on your role and stuff. It's it's much more lethal. So Dude, this new AP, the uh, Blood Lords. You know, I've never played the the Paizo stuff, Pathfinder. These monsters at first level are way more difficult than any first level monsters I'm used to encountering. I got my ass kicked by a damn horse. 
and you know they got like three attacks as well and they're all doing one to eight with plus eight to hit and all this like that's like in the well the episode's already out so it won't be a spoiler go listen to the latest episodes blood lords was it episode four brother rider i just released just four. came out yeah yeah you know con by, by the time this gets out though six will probably be yeah. out already so yeah con is fighting this zombie horse and i had to use a gold balloon to save a you know a, a 20 that he rolled on me a crit um <laughs> and one of my attacks was to mount not in that way but mount the horse and people might have thought that as Khan's showboat. And it's like, no, if I'm on his back, he can't attack me with three different fucking attacks. And, you know, I can attack him. You know, he's going to use attacks to try to knock me off and all that kind of stuff. So I am saving myself, party, whatever, from damage. But it was also cool that in the middle of the fight, Khan mounts this zombie horse and then drops the friggin' dragon elbow on his head. And I think you guys will, will start feeling your character's better when you start being more tactical with each other. Because I, for everybody to have been down, I think, Sam, you and I had discussed the other day that, uh, you know, Rena, she should have been on the parapet just, foom, foom, foom. I mean, feathers. complete. Yeah, just, just sending arrows down range and keeping everything at bay and, and maybe drop something where you get one of those hounds to come that direction instead of both of them. Try to lure them out one by one and actually i think we discussed that if uh like you've got two two monsters or whatever and you hit one and miss the other your next attack should not be on the one you missed it should they should always be yeah. going towards the one you've already damaged just just can concentrate your fire right there and that's that's just tactically <laughs> sound to, to eliminate something that's already yeah. hurt bring it down take it out moving on you know everything's going yeah. down range in that in that order so latest episode you know episode four that is con even says focus fire on the horse then we'll take the dogs after and then junior's like so i attack the dog i'm like fuck <laughs> but then he kills the dog i'm like good job man that's what i would have done <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you say that 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 injured monster even though it has diminished hit points it can still hit like a fucking freight train Yes, three it can. Times still with plus eight to hit. Yeah, yeah. So you've you've got to focus the fire. You got to take pawns off the board as quickly as possible. I agree pawn? with that. Not con, right? Pawn. Con. No, I'll take yeah. con off the board. Oh. Don't worry about that. Shit, that, that, that ain't gonna happen. Mind. Some <laughs> bloodthirsty. That ain't, that ain't GM. gonna happen, GM. Yeah, at least not that. Not yet. But yeah, that's. Uh, I think that if we, you know, Junior with the Dwarven Paladin goes and tanks. Sorel, you did great the last episode. Just kind of used the, the the wagon as cover and healed. We got Reyna in some area where no one can get to her, feathering the shit out of stuff, and then Khan will just bebop between, you know, protecting either the healer or protecting the tank, and that's what we got to do. You know, I've been trying to play Khan a bit more stealthy because the normal way I play, I usually play warriors. I like to get into the thick of things, but with Khan, I gotta I gotta step back because he he's been fun because he is equally great at athletics and uh you know aerobatics and all that kind of stuff like he's great at stealth he's great at combat but is that acrobatics or aerobatics aerodynamic batics you know um <laughs> and he can't uh 
Yeah, acrobatics. I'm gonna have to look that that skill up. I don't think I saw that in the book. Yeah, I got uh, a plus eight in it. Check it out. It's pretty powerful. Oh shit! Um, but I can't do. You know, I can't get hit. My armor is pretty good, but I don't have the hit points. I think that a, a normal stout dwarf tank paladin in in armor, you know, has. Well, you know that. Um, what was I gonna say? Fuck! I lost my train of thought. Let's, oh, I know. I was gonna say this. A, I think I told you last night. This AP only delivers you guys up to level four, I think. It's not as broad sweeping as everyone thinks it's going to be. I know I love that. Uh, Ratke was saying, yeah, you know, after Magusta, I think this after this this sub or this mini boss fight, we're going to level up. No, that is not the case. I mean, you guys stay at level one for a certain duration, and they they've made milestones in this AP to where you will level up to the second level and the third level and whatnot, but I, it doesn't have the kind of fast track that a lot of the other older APs from the different systems had, like 5e or Pathfinder 1e or whatnot. But um, I, I love know. the low-level gameplay. It's the best because you have a limited, limited. Uh, I was about to say vocabulary, limited tool set, <laughs> and you just got to max that out, and that's, that's what I loved about it. That was one thing I liked about the old... I think we said it was fourth edition rider where you know first level yes. fighter gets like a bull rush a cleave and you know can call you know mark an opponent to have him attack and it's like dude i used to just love using those three skills and then when you started getting deeper into the the dailies and encounters it just bogged everything down and they had some fun stuff but it was just not worth the, the 20 minutes of time people trying to figure out oh let me check out my encounter let me check out my daily it's like ugh. And that became a thing, the the higher level you got, the more dice you rolled, the more time you spent adding up this shit and looking through your cards and stuff. It should be, that's why I do like the lower level gameplay, usually from three to five is my sweet spot. Um, mm -hmm. This this edition seems to be really good at first and second level, so that's kind of cool. And who knows, yeah. I mean, I know that you and I had talked at length at getting... Chris to be on the other side of the DM screen with you and I on, yeah, dude. on the same Second side. Second edition Weaver, go back to the OG days. <laughs> oh, that's now you that is... clarify Second Edition. I'm sorry, Chris, because you and I have had a discrepancy over what's. There you go. That's yeah. Really the three first core edition. books: Monster Manual, DM's Guide, Player's Handbook, and then you know, okay, we'll branch out into Fiend Folio and Monster yeah, Manual yeah, too. There it is. There you it know, is. My favorite but, book. Yeah, I was telling Ryder the other night, I was at the convention where they debuted, hell yeah, the Gith Yankee. Uh, if you're not looking at this, Weaver just held up his feet. Hold folio. that back up for a second, Chris. Yeah, beauty. That's a, like a very nice conditioned book, too. A little bit wear okay, on the I spine gotcha. and the fold, but man. All of my old advanced D&D books are in great condition. Yeah, but those that was like such a fun time. I, I'm sure if we played it again, we'd be having struggles, but there was some great stuff. They had a classic player's handbook with the rogues picking out, sorry, the thieves picking out the eyeball and warrior cleaning off his blade, serpent thing dead on the cover. That was the best. Then the D and there was the DM's guide had the old Afrit standing there, the big red boy. Yeah. <laughs> Got them all, baby. Yeah, that one's a bit more beat up, dude. Yeah, this one's a little bit more beat up, but it's still in, I mean, it's still in good shape. And yeah. you know what's crazy is the pages 
are in perfect condition. Oh, fuck. Uh, mine's not. My the where you turn to the pages that has the attack to the attack with all the different classes <laughs> and the saving throws. Those are like pulled out, man. I need to like get a ring binder for them. Now I don't know if you could see this, but this is my uh, when Chris calls me. This is what shows up. Let's see if I can do this. I don't want his number to show up. Are you going to use the video for this video? I am going to. Oh, man, I've been playing with myself the whole time. Sorry about that, It's guys. okay. Let me see if I can click on the picture. While he's doing that, one of my other favorite... What is that? that? I can't see it now. It's all uh, I don't sweat out. it. It's a stack of his books that he showed me that he pulled out. So his picture is the books. Oh, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Oriental the Adventures. Incorrect, dude. I love that. The Kensai from there. Ooh. The one book I can't find, I cannot find it, is my Legends and Lore book. You mean Deities and Demigods? Um, no, it switched to Deities and Demigods. No, yeah, the first switched. one was Deities. Legends and Lore was after. Was the replacement after they yes. pulled the H.P. Lovecraft and the... Yeah. Uh, Cthulhu. The, well, that was part of it, though, but there was something else that got pulled out of it, well, too. Oh, the Melnabonian, the Michael Moorcock stuff. Yeah, Unearth Arcana, that was okay. a great one. Yeah, the deities and demigods had the Elric of Melnabone uh, gods in there, and it also had the Cthulhu mythos. Okay, yeah, and that was stuff that they didn't have the uh, the rights Copyrights to put in there, to, so yeah. they had to re-release it under Legends and Lore without that stuff in there. So. Yep. You know, Good I just to 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 kind of piggyback on what you said about lower level characters. You know, now that we are. We're not going to really level that much through this AP. You have to really be very creative about how you use your first level character through a large portion of the AP. Because you, you've you only got a few, You're in some respects, you're almost like a one-trick pony. You don't have a lot of things you can do. So you've got to be super, super tactical and creative about what you do with your, your character. Yeah, that's why levels. you gotta. That's why you gotta have a good party mix. Because remember, remember old D and D stuff. What did a fighter do? He attacked better. That was it. You had to be creative with how you played. Yeah. Right. You know, my, magic my to one that. spell at first level, one, and then you're back to throwing daggers. <laughs> my <laughs> reply to that would just be to know that character very well, and not just like say as the monk, I know how to how to stand and kick and punch, but like know the other skills of what you can do to flip up onto a roof that's nearby or, or mm -hmm. try to to taunt something and, and get out of the way or, or whatever, you know? Really uh, delve into what that character can do and yeah, how and you can make uh, the first levels work for you. And, and even just being creative with what you do. Like, there's been many times where I've wasted a good attack for a good hero moment. Like, when we were trying to save the dwarf, the zombie was coming out the door and con jumped in and kicked the door instead of just kicking the monster he kicked the door to kind of smash it why because that's cool like getting getting these heroic moments jumping onto the horse was a heroic moment in, in the sense of well it'll also save my ass but it seems cool like just trying to do cool things and if you sit there and end up dying because you were trying to do something cool that's a good hero's death in my opinion you only die once make that's it right good. make it yeah make it worth it <laughs> make it worth it and that's the cool thing about, I mean, these are, are games that are, you're meant to be a hero. You know, you're meant to go out 
like a like a supernova, not die hiding behind a wall or something. I mean, be the hero that you want this guy to be. If the if the character in character is a uh, an introvert that's afraid, then have that be part of the character arc that you're trying to to bring this character to the forefront. You want to make this character down, you know, want to make a name because maybe it's his brother was somebody who was a big legend somewhere and and you've always been in the shadow of this individual so it's time for you to to you know renew yourself and avenge your brother who died by some stupid drunk in a bar or whatever and you know just you carry the weight of that and and that helps with your character development yeah sorrow's got a great story with that dude your dude's getting old and he's starting to turn to was it stone or ash Ash. or whatever it is and so you got to yeah. get back out and, you know, get some adventure in you. Yeah. So I have a question for the two of you. Seven. Is that the answer? <laughs> Purple. Why, oh. why, why do you play these kinds of games? Why do we play or why do you play D&D? And, and Brian, don't think of it as a GM. Think of it as a player. Why do you play these kinds of games? I think for me, it it's a... Uh... It liberates me from the constraints of society. And I know I can't jump up on a wall and swing a sword down on somebody. Not that I'm saying I'm psychotic in that way, but it allows me to do things that I would love to be able to have done or do or be that individual. Whether I could, I remember I used to have dreams of flying like Raceland. Not that Raceland ever flew, but I, I was in the black robes and stuff and doing. You know, speaking this spidery language of magic as I was doing things and flying around. I remember that dream very well. And it's like, that's the kind of shit I'd love to do is get in touch with these ethereal aspects and, and you know, have devoted yourself to a martial way and stuff. Not just martial arts, but I'm talking about like with broadswords and bastard swords and glaives and shit like that. Yeah, I think that kind of stuff is just really cool. Even, I mean, to branch out from there to like Delta Green or to Starfinder, just these these games, they take you out of the the earthen world that we live in and allow us to live lives that we we couldn't live any other way. What about you, Sammy? Well, <clears throat> I like creating myth. I like creating stories. I like creating fables. You know, I grew up reading mythology and Tolkien and, you know, even onto like Dragonlance and, you know, Conan, all these stories. Playing Dungeons and Dragons or any of the, you know, sort of the other offshoots, it lets you create these stories where you're this hero and you can do anything you want. Or you could play this, you know, conniving rogue or, you know, sort of a crazy wizard or a, you know holy warrior like i'm an artist i create characters all the time with dungeons and dragons it lets me actually play out the stories of these characters and and create uh personalities for them and things like that it's you know bottom line it's just fun but it's the same reason why we play video games it's fun to play run around as a ninja warrior or any of these kind of things but the best, the best game in the world. I always get that. What's your favorite game? Dungeons and Dragons. Doesn't matter what you know. I don't care about tabletop or video games. All that. Dungeons and Dragons is still my favorite game because you make the story, you make the hero, you you 
control everything. It's all about your imagination. And all you really need is a pair of dice. You know, I, I grew up playing Dungeons and Dragons with just six sided dice because that's all we had. We didn't have the fancy dice that we can go to the store and buy. So we had to figure out how to do it with six sided dice. And that's all you need is a pair of, you know, roll the bones. That's just the fun shit. So I played first couple of years like making up characters and classes and what they would do and the GM or DM would make the monsters and super hard to do and all that but it was just fun we just had a great time and you don't need anything else you need a, a pencil paper and some dice and you're ready to go and one more person you know but yeah it was always a blast I would sit there and just make characters all the time and oh this character has this story and that and you know they're all first level but I'd have these elaborate stories and elaborate backgrounds it's just it was super fun and creative as an artist. That's what I love to do. I can do the visuals for it, but you know, I'm not necessarily a writer or a writer. <laughs> um, so, you know, D and D allows me to create a story that goes with the artwork. And you, Chris, I can't really add anything more than what the two of you have already said. Plagiarism. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> you know, I'm not an artist. Um, I'm not a, a fantastic orator or person that can weave a, a, a vision like you do, Brian. Dude, your but, literally last name is Weaver. Oh, Chris <laughs> Weaver. But I think for me, and I still to this day, if I'm having trouble like sleeping, I will actually <laughs> visualize... I will visualize, you know, some of these environments and things that we do, you know, um, and it's for me, it's more about a really, um, what's a word, a really intriguing place and, and picturing myself in that location and maybe setting up camp and exploring a little bit into those areas. And, oh, maybe I encountered you know, um, a bad guy or a, an enemy and I have to dispatch because I want to get back to just the visuals and the sanctity and the, the calmness of that environment, that visual environment for me. And I still do that to this day, even as a, you know, plus 50 adult, it helps me kind of disconnect from the rest of the world and, and just picture myself in these fantasy type environments. But Having reconnected with you, Brian, you know, two years ago after a 30 plus year, you know, <laughs> hiatus and apart is that it has allowed me to and and uh, had me kind of tap into more of my creative side of playing these games with you guys. And, and I'll tell you, having Sam playing with us. I've had Sam. I mean, bringing back <laughs> so many memories for me that are 40, you know, 35 years ago that, you know, us being able to play together is, is it's exciting for me. And that's kind of cool that, you know, out of our whole group, which we have an awesome lineup, um, but like the three of us, we go so far fucking back in time. I mean, we could scroll back a time to when Walkmans were a thing, you know? Holy shit, when TVs had only like five or six channels that worked. I just, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy that. I know snack. like, <laughs> what's that, brother? 
The other ones were static. Yeah, they were all static. That? You know, I know like when I started talking with Chris again and he got involved with the show, and I mean, he, he jumped at it. He wanted to, and it's like, this is fucking awesome. Talk about hearkening back to a time when we used to spend all weekend at your house and put shit together, you know, and just seeing you happy and pulling your books out and getting involved and like sending me stuff of things that, that I'm needing to look up and he's sending them out to me. It's like, and this guy, we all need this as an, as an outlet of men. Well, I know it sounds weird. It's not, we're not out there playing rugby or, or whatever, but I mean, as an outlet of really good friends, to be together and bond. I know it sounds kind of corny or cheap, but I mean, you want to bond over something with your friends and we're not sitting over a mirror, chopping up lines or we're not doing something stupid. That's illegal or whatever. There are way worse things that people could be involved with. But I think that what we do serves a really good purpose for ourselves. You know, we all help each other out through this. We all enjoy it together. We all look forward to seeing each other when we, get together and start our recording and stuff. And we all talk throughout the week. So I think that's, we did that's this when we were 16. Yeah. We're doing it now when we're 52 or whatever we are, it's just something we've done our whole lives. You know, that's cool. The only thing I miss is that we're not doing it in person. That's yeah. the only thing I miss about all of this, that if the three of us were together in a room, I think, I think it also, um, I mean, Sam, you've always had this kind of larger than life personality, but to have, if all three of us were in a room together physically, that the, the way your personality is infectious. And I think it draws people out to, to kind of, uh, be uncomfortable and, and be comfortable doing things they're not familiar with or used to doing just for this the, the fun and the story and just being together just slaying bad guys yeah it's fun stuff man it's it, it allows you to act in a way that you wouldn't your your normal personality wouldn't work you know or it, totally you know, stuff it's like yeah for the for those moments i'm this person and i'm gonna act this way and it's super fun and not to mention it's well unless you're buying the new editions all the time we never even had to move on from the original books, you know, it's no. like that. There's all that entertainment all wrapped in the words. That's, you know, Gary Gygax created with a handful of people back in the seventies. You know, and I think other than that, uh, that one time when Kush ran us through the sinister secret of salt marsh for, I think, I think it was like 10 episodes or whatever. I've been lucky enough to have ran everybody through everything. So I've, I've, seen Sam and Tony and Chris and Junior and Koosh and, and Eric. And, uh, you know, it's been really in Ratke and uh, it's been really rewarding to see how everybody brings different characters and works with each other. It's kind of cool because I just let you guys do your thing. And I just kind of sit back and in my machinations, just kind of, yeah, you do that. Go fuck with that horse or, you know, whatever you're going to do. I like seeing that and seeing how you guys interact and how nobody has a disdain for one another uh that to me is really good because we it means we've got a really good group we don't harbor any resentment or, or ill will towards each other i think this is important i think it works really really well so i agree as long as these pussies keep fucking oh, moving Jesus forward we're good to go 
<laughs> I like when you said mechanation. It made me think about this society ruled by giant robots that people mechanation. That T one thousand. Yeah, Merry there's Christmas. our travel. The Christmas T one thousand. Or Mr. T one thousand. I pity hey, the fool that don't I pity you. I pity you, fool. But I think uh yeah, moving forward, that's that's I know we kind of digressed, which is kind of cool because I like digressing as we go through all this stuff. <laughs> I kind of fucked up that word. Um, but looking at the shelf and looking at all, all the APs and the things that we want to do, knowing that we don't just have Blood Lords, Zombie Feast as our one and only thing that we want to do, that we have other things on the horizon that we want to cut our teeth on. We want to do Traveler. We want to do Starfinder. We want to do Aliens RPG, which sounds badass. You know, we also want to do maybe some basic fantasy RPG, which it's free. You know, just go to the website and download the stuff. It's a piece of cake to play. Talk about like old red box with the sending armor class and everything else. It's a really good, easy system <laughs> to learn. My armor class is zero. That means it's good. Yeah. And <laughs> of all things, I certainly want to get more Delta Green in our in our show so yeah goddamn right yeah goddamn right <laughs> oh heisenberg he's been with us since the beginning dude i'm still waiting to see what happens with uh agent kimura and odessa man we're on the outs right now and we will i think i was talking to chris about that before we started recording that when we start bringing other people in like if you and tony jump on board it will probably be with other agents because until we address where they've gone, which is a, a totally different AP that I've, I've kind of prepped up to a point. Um, but I have to kind of rework it cause I don't like the way the published aspect came about. I just, I don't like to put, I like to put my own palm print on things. So yeah, I get your own stink on it. I got it. <laughs> but I look forward to it. And I think, like I said, uh, under the pale moon or under a pale moon will be ready to be played soon and we'll get that shit out to you guys is that your own one that is it's a good name I like it yeah I like that it's good who you calling pale is that you I'm blending into the back wall I'm blending into the background does anybody else have anything else you guys want to add before we shut down this uh, little endeavor here tonight? No, could have spent this whole night yeah. slinging dice, but all these other slackers that couldn't make it tonight. We could have. <laughs> no, this has been fun. This is this is good to catch up on old times and just talk about where we are and where the show's going. It's, it's awesome. Well, let's say goodnight to all of our fellow slingers out there that are listening to the show wish them a happy new year because this will come out right about the time of the new year so hail roll hard slingers roll hard yeah make sure you warm up your dice and top off your glass every time you listen to roll the hard 20 podcast hail
thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We also have a YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over and hit that subscribe bell. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't forget to look for us there and check us out. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can download the current show directly, pick and choose past shows from our archives, or view our galleries. We've got a lot of stuff posted there, so check us out. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash RollTheHard20Podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So until next session, Keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.